plus one get in. Get your popcorn and get your pins. It is real poetry. Woo! I am your host, Sharon Smith, with my two co-hosts, Auntie Vice and Marvin. And today Woo. we got... Okay. <laughs> that, was, that, was so, that was so sad. Be quiet. <laughs> and today we got a returning podcast guest. I'd give you Lynn Germanara. Woo! Welcome. I know. <laughs> nice, nice to be had. <laughs> that was nice to be had. Okay. And thank you, Lynn, for joining us. And today we are going to review the movie. That y'all been waiting for, Dead Poet Society, the 1989 film starring Robin Williams and Robert Sean Leonard and Ed Harris. A lot of people on this movie that have moved up, even Ethan Hawke. I was about to say, you forgot the incomparable Ethan Hawke, but I have you, you remembered last week. <laughs> and, and there are a couple of character <laughs> actors, the, uh, the headmaster. Was big big in the forties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the dad. Um. I keep forgetting Neil's dad. He was. He's been in a lot of stuff too. Well, in yeah, the Ed 80s. Harris. Ed Harris. No, it's not Ed Harris. Uh, no, no, yeah, I was going to say yeah. like I could. Yeah, he was the dad in the, that seventies show. Yep, yep. that's what it was. Yeah, he 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 always has the role where he's like the angry antagonist. Not to say that's anything wrong, but he just turns him a gun. He fits the role well. Kirkwood yeah. Smith. There, there you go. He's playing the go. type. Yep. <laughs> he's got. Yep. He, yeah, he's had to stick up his butt all his life. Kirkwood. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this movie has has six six awards, one Academy Award for the writing. It was for the original screenplay in 1990. I uh, got the Academy Award for original screenplay from um, the writer. The screenplay writer was Tom um, Sol- um, Solomon. Solchman. Solchman. S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N. Schoolman. 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 And it was directed by Peter, Gr- Peter Weir. Peter Weir, if you do not know, is... The director of Truman Show, the Truman Show. He's also mm-hmm. did The Witness. I mean, though, 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 also witness. A, a witness, witness, the one with them with right. Harrison Ford. And then he also did Green Card, that European com- romantic comedy. There we go. <laughs> now, so this movie, let's give a little, let's give the little overview of synopsis. This movie here is a new English teacher, new English teacher, John Kidding, is introduced to an all boys preparatory school, and is known for his, its its ancient traditions and high standards. He uses the unorthodox method to reach out to the children who face an enormous pressure from their parents, from their parents in school. With Kidding's help, um, student Neil Paris. Who's um who's provide who's done by Robert Sean Leonard, Todd Todd Anderson and others learn to break out of their shells and pursue their dreams and seize the day. Carpe diem, reviewers. Commentary. What do you think about this movie, Monty Vice? 
I liked it a lot the first time I saw it, but I think it was because I was an angsty teen when I saw it, so it met me there. This time I'm looking at it as pretty much every, you know, schoolboy type of story. There's this obsession with, you know, wealthy boarding schools that has a very long history in literature. And um, I found the tropes a little played out. Um, And I found it fairly predictable. Um, But I don't know if that's because I'd seen it before and, and all of that. But yeah. I didn't get into it nearly as much this time as I did when I was a teenager. Marvin. Yeah, I got to agree with Fonte D on this. I remember watching this in AP Lit. I think I liked it a lot more because we didn't have to do anything for class and we just got to watch a movie. But I do recall liking it a lot as a teenager. But then it didn't age well with me as I got older. But there's one thing I really did come to appreciate a lot more as I got older. And it's definitely Robin Williams after he died. Like it, I got a greater appreciation of Robin Williams' capability as an actor out of this, like after like another rewatch of it. But yeah, I I I have to agree with Marvin on that. I've I've watched even some of the uh, what was that movie where he played the the doctor that always dressed like a clown? Oh, uh, I know what you're Patch Adams. Patch Adams. I mean, Patch Adams. Ridiculous yeah. as that movie was, you know, there's there's always something in, in what Robin Williams brings to the screen, and it's just it, you know. For a guy who was known for his comedy, improv comedy skills, back in the day, he was a surprising yeah, that too. But he was a, he was a surprisingly well in depth actor who knew how to play these soulful moments, and I really did get that from Dead Poet Society. Like the moments where he tells the kids that the whole point of life is to take this moment and to suck the marrow out of the bone, where he's trying to be less of a trope, but this actual mentor, there were some moments where I could genuinely believe, like if I had a teacher like that, I probably would have hung on to every word he said. Hmm. This is my first time seeing this movie. So I actually fell in and was enjoying the heck out of it. I mean, beyond um, Auntie Vice just basically playing with her phone as I'm watching the movie, <laughs> enjoying every little thing that happened. And true fact, there, um, Robert Sean Leonard, he's actually he's even though he's not an older actor, he plays the doctor. He plays uh, the doctor friend on House. He plays House's friend. The doctor. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the one who died, the one who committed yep. suicide. Um, the one who committed Neil. suicide, Neil, Neil Perry. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so, no, this movie had a lot of, like, before they were big, it had a pretty star studded cast. It, it did have I mean, the feels of a parody. Uh, it, it, it sounded, it seemed ripe for a parody, a porn parody. What do you mean? Uh, it, oh, it's yeah. so homoerotic and. Yeah, you know that I could just I could it just definitely I could just moment. see some some you know secondhand porn house picking this up and be like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming up with some schlocky title for it that's a twist on Dead Poet Society, and it starts out with yeah. the paddling scene and it just gets kinkier from there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you, you know the funny part there is actually a true fact: the studio was going to consider this to be a musical before they made mm. it to a movie. Really? Yeah, they're going to make it a musical. And one of the titles they had thrown on was Sultan of Strut. <laughs> that was one of their titles. They I think I've use. seen Midsummer's Night Dream as a musical too. So I could see that happening. 
Yeah, that one has been done. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's all of that. You know, because that's really Midsummer's Night Dream too. Is you know seizing on some things that you know are right there. You you know they're right there. And another fact is that another uh, who was going to play um, Robin Williams' character, John Kidding, was going to be Dustin Hoffman. He signed up on that casting. Yeah, Hoffman was going to direct and also star in it as John Kidding. I I find it very hard for anyone. Like now that I watched it a couple of times now, like I want to say maybe three times. For me personally, I find it very hard for anyone else to be. John Keating, for, but Robin Williams. And it, it may be some rose-cutted lenses on my part because I have a very soft spot for Robin Williams because a lot of the movies he's played in, I kind of essentially grew up with. No, I essentially grew up with Robin Williams in a lot of the movies that I love. Hook, Hatch Adams, Aladdin, all these things he was in. And I can't think of another actor who can play that role at this point for Dead Poets Society. And again, I think it just also comes with Robin Williams. I think when he was alive, people found him overrated. But now that in his death, I feel people have come to appreciate what he's been able to bring. Again, he's someone who is wildly capable of all these comedic roles, but at the same time, brings such depth and layer to his characters when it really matters. Well, one of the reasons probably why um, he gets, he's able to be loose and you you start appreciating more is he does a lot of improving, And Mm -hmm. even on this one, he, when they first, they, as a fun fact, they actually said when he first started doing the character of John Kidding, he was very, very, you know, stiff and very uncomfortable. And then the director said, why don't you just improv? Like, like the whole, um, the whole um, talk about Shakespeare and just being in the classroom and you start hearing um, Marlon Brando and stuff talking Shakespeare. That was actually improv. All that stuff. He oh, was yeah, doing I can see improv. that. I can see that. Yeah. So I can see that. He was, he was, I can see that before him. He did. Okay. No, 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 that's okay. Um, he, he was in a repertory with um, like um, Harrison Ford and all, all those people, I think in Boston. And, and they used, yes. they used to do all of that. You know, that, that would be warm ups. you know, to, Julius Caesar right. is Marlon Brando, and and you know Robin Williams was always riffing. He didn't last that long. The rest of them remembered him fondly, but he was he was there and then gone <laughs> real quickly. But um, the, you know the, he's like a jazz player to me. You know, a really good jazz player, whether they play horn or whatever it is that they play, if they're really good, they have a distinctive style, and you say, "Oh, that's Miles blowing right there," or you know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and he and he's right. got that. Yeah. You know, even with um. That Moscow and the Hudson, which was such a schlocky movie, mm-hmm. you know, there's just yeah. there's just notes in that that are just that they're absolutely brilliant, and he brings that every time. <laughs> he does. So, so another another fun fact of this movie: they actually moved the movie from Rome, Georgia, where they had the actual um, setting, to um the De- to Delaware, because they didn't want to pay for um, fake snow. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that adds up. I guess. Yeah, it, it, to me, it has a very New England um, kind of prep school quality to it. it I grew up in. It, it really. I grew does. up in um, on a border town in Massachusetts, right? And it was right between Phillips Exeter and Phillips Andover. 
you could drive equidistance either way, north or south, and get to one of them. And I hate those preppy summer bitches. I, I really, I really, <laughs> I, really. I think, yeah, I, I, I think it's just like anytime I equate or anybody equates prep school or an all boys school, it immediately goes to the New England New states and everything like that because it's just, it just seems so gaudy and just so uptight that it just has yeah. to be there. Yeah. So with the fact of um a lot of a lot of stuff that was written that was um, read in this movie, they put a lot of characteristics on Walt Whitman. So and then one of the even one of his the favorite quotes of "Oh Captain, my Captain, Oh Captain, my Captain," as he pointed out, it was it was written to um, President Lincoln uh, for what was it. So wait a minute. What was the what was the point of him writing it to President Lincoln for? Because the whole because after the whole mass-based proclamation, or what was it just for the Gettysburg um, Gettysburg Address or something? What was it for? Anybody have any idea? New? I I've, I, I just I just read it and I I'm drawing a blank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable too. But I I, I pay premium prices for that kind of memory loss, so I'm not I'm, I'm not upset <laughs> by it at all. <laughs> It's about the death of Lincoln, um, and okay. it was written in '65, so it was immediately after his death. Oh, okay, okay. Thank so, God for the internet. Thank God. Yeah, for right. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is not. So, so with the movie itself, um, I would say, it, would you say that it had? It didn't have many. It had a couple of um lines of um poetry that that they did even to even did a little beat poetry you know little, um, little beat stuff when um they're in the cave uh but i think they kind of folk they took their focus from the books a lot of times and went right straight to the, the actual play it seemed like the play was really the real attention getter for even for Kenny for neil is him being being an actor, even though they're reading posts of him being an actor and him going to be the actor and doing defiance was the general aim for the movie. Um, some of some of the poems and stuff. Did, well, even like one part, even like with Ethan Hawke. Did you feel that Ethan Hawke being this little shy, timid little? Did you feel? Did you feel some of his angst and it's like he wanted to? He wanted to be one of them. One of the the guy. The you know one of the guys running around oh my gosh but he's just like no i'm I, fine I didn't, I didn't believe that character at all and i'll tell you why really? because in my experience that ethan Car Hawk character would have been dating robin williams <laughs> no for real you know, the, the, you yeah, know the, that that's something that wasn't real about the movie you know it's like you know the huh? the playboys and the and the pinups and all that stuff it was way overdone right. this was a movie screaming to talk about all of the beat sensibilities and 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 gayness was you know front and center with the beats and and walt whitman i don't think has ever gotten proper credit for you know being the one that said free verse is cool and go from there and that's what the beats did you know and and oh. and they gave they gave permission to all of us post-war to be whoever we were and and you know the the sucking the marrow out of the bones no it was fuck you is what it was <laughs> fuck you dad <laughs> fuck you with your, you know you what telling me what to do and and i think that was the overriding um message for me the second time around watching it 
the first time around, I was just like, I hate these preppy summer bitches. I don't even want to watch the movie. But the second time, <laughs> I think it was, you know, just a, a, an acknowledgement of, you know, the beats were in the forefront and took a lot of the, the, the crap. But anybody that was presenting themselves as a poet from the 50s on had to deal with all of those issues. And it was because the beats were saying, this is what it is, and you've got to be real to yourself. And, and, and that's what Robin Williams, this character, was trying to say to all these kids, too. And, you know, some of it just wasn't real enough to me. Because, you know, anytime you're in a music room with a teacher and he takes a shine to you, you know what's going on, you know? And it wasn't, you know, I just want you to be better sport. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, but film the whole movie in the Dead Post Society run, even their even their little mantra and stuff. How'd you feel how'd you feel about their camaraderie? Did you feel it was genuine or even oh like Charlie, him being Naruda and him playing into the whole beat the little beat side of it, his little imp, imp, improv improvisation. What'd you feel about that? Marvin? Actually, I think with that, I I think with Kamari, with that entire group, I, it did feel strong in like high school. Like, I remember having those type of feelings with my basic friend group growing up, and that level of quote-unquote loyalty where we were going to pretty much be there with each other, and then as we aged, it kind of everything falls to the side, but something about how they all essentially always wanted to hang out, do these rebellious things. It felt pretty legitimate to me. It felt pretty authentic. I mean, I remember sneaking out at night doing what I wasn't things I wasn't supposed to do. I remember not essentially snitching on my friends when we all got in trouble. And if I was the only one who got caught, I remember those days. It, something about that did feel really authentic. Device. You know, I think they were trying to capture it. It's just, there's so many stories that are similar to this. And the idea that you have this, you know, inspirational teacher. And of course it has to be in the arts because you could never have an inspirational teacher in the sciences or whatever um, to kind of free your mind. And, you know, this whole, we're going right on the cusp of the 60s. We're going to break out. We're going to rebel um, from these oppressive things. But so much of it felt just kind of, shoved in there because that's what the story was supposed to be i didn't i was surprised at one for the writing because i did not see a lot of uniqueness or real depth to it that you can see in some other stories around people finding themselves and finding their voice and you know the whole concept of using the poetry around it because poetry is about so much about finding yourself finding your voice expressing the depths of, of feeling and understanding of the world that it was very secondary to the movie. And even in choosing the Whitman stuff, um, if they wanted to go, I thought something like the body electric would have been more appropriate to work in than quite a few of the other pieces um, oh. and could have connected more. So even on the selection of the Whitman pieces, I think there could have been, it could have been better curated. Yeah. yeah the new, the New York hmm. poems specifically. I always found to be the most interesting of Whitman's works because he was out cruising. 
you know it, mm-hmm. no really i i think he i think he was yeah. you know he was he was he was in the bars looking at rough trade and not being real to himself but you know wanting and mm-hmm. and th- that's where to me whitman hit his stride the um you know the the self-flagellation of the the civil war was evident and you know it was just chaotic and 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 surreal and surreal is hard to follow but he got really concrete well, when and, he got to new york yeah and if you're going to talk about teenagers trying to find their voice it's so charged with sexuality there's so many of whitman's other pieces that would have been appropriate and this was very attempted to keep it surface commentary and non-offensive and get their nice little pg rating and and not push the depths on anything uh, i don't know if that was pg rating you it essentially had one it teenager. was pg okay was i know but it still had some moments where that it skirted yeah. the line really bad like um what the vi- Knox Knox stalking the girl like chet yes. danbury's uh, girlfriend yeah. yo that well was i looked bad. at it as a teacher <laughs> and you know, there's so much inappropriate touching. There, you know, there was a lot of inappropriate yeah. behavior that, and it did happen a lot back then. Okay. You know, so that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking at it now, it's like, oh my god, he he grabbed him by the face. He was, you know, nose to nose with him, and you know, there was all this bubbling there, and it's like, you can't do that, mm-hmm. but you could then. <laughs> You could when I was in school, right. so you know, <laughs> there was there's a lot of inappropriate touching that too, and that wasn't that right. long ago. Um, it's so so here's some of the so here's there's a list of the um, poems that were read in uh, um that were done in um the uh, depot society. So you got "Oh Captain, My Captain" from Walt Whitman. You got "Oh Me, Oh Life" from Walt Whitman. You got "She Walks in Beauty" by Lord mm-hmm. Byron. You got um, the ballad of um, William Bloat, uh, Raymond by William Calvert, The Prophet by Abraham um, Cowley, uh, The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost, To the Virgin um, by Robert um, Herdrick, The Congo, um, Vangel um, um, Lindsay, Lindsay, Shall I Conquer Thee to uh, Summer's Day, by so um, I compare the to Summer's Day, uh, William Shakespeare, Mid Midnight, um, Midsummer's um, Midsummer's Dream by William Shakespeare, Ulysses, uh, by Alfred Lord Tennyson, and um, Walden, by um, Harry Davis, um, third David Thoreau, Thoreau. I hate Thoreau so, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and the more you find out about walden and how it was written the more you get pissed uh, off have, you, the have you been there i have not it's, been it's there, a room it's about the size of the room i'm in right now and it's mm-hmm. just downtown i mean it's it's a very short yeah. t- walk downtown what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> well and people were making them lunch and like mm-hmm. i mean this was not rough mm-hmm. back to this was glamping at, at yeah, if right. you're being generous I, I just learned what glamping was all about i've been glamping <laughs> yeah and it was yeah, it was very it was very lovely. it was very glampus glampus i wouldn't say it's back to nature no. though like no no, even even back then, I'm sure the pond was was overrun. You know, just it's yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a shameful place. 
So a lot of the so several of the poems that were the way they were done, like the cave, the cave also location where Neil's efforts of was effort at Tennyson. Meek did that um the the um, the chanting where they ran, you know, they're all walking out, <laughs> banging the drums and stuff. The, that that mm-hmm. performance piece that was the Congo. Uh, um, the one Charlie did when he signed to the girls. Uh, he actually that was from Shall I Compare Thee to yeah. a Summer's Day. I, I wrote that myself. And, I got plenty more. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm then, thinking, how bad is public education? Because, like, even I got that in the shitty schools. You know, I, yeah, I, I see those two say, girls just was, sitting there, they're, they're smoking cigarettes it. and they're drinking bourbon, and they're like, when are they going to fuck us? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when are we going to make some money or something? I don't know. <laughs> what were they doing there? In, in their cloth coats with the fake fur collars and shit. Come on now. <laughs> Not in my experience. <laughs> but in but in the lights of it all, do you think? Okay, here's one. Do you think Charlie's actions of exposing the Dead Post Society was reverent, or was it just more of him being uh, this little this little clown and getting them all busted? And then just it, as it as it going on, it actually everything started falling from there after after Charlie exposed the Dead Post Society and the and basically showing that there's something going on in the school and stuff. What do you think? We got paddled for it, but yeah. yeah well, didn't didn't the um, headmaster say I'm not gonna let you get thrown get yourself thrown out of school? Yeah, you know, right? And, yeah. and I think a he liked I think he liked the paddle. I do. <laughs> Sorry. I think he was like, please say, may I have some more? <laughs> and it, it just, it, that wasn't real either to me. It just, not at all. Well, and I've been in a secret society that was exposed when I was at a university. And it was like, yeah, everybody has them and they're not a big deal. And, you know. Yeah. This is no different from like one of those like Freemason or fraternal organizations like it's okay you have one going on and it's just and i feel it's just very indicative of these well-to-do schools or areas where there's like okay yeah and within this certain niche of society we have another niche Mm. where you just have to feel above everyone else and it really shows especially when the headmaster was going i'm not going to expel you i can't like despite what you want it's like man this is some very elitist shit right here (laughs) and what elite schools don't have secret societies i mean yeah exactly christ i i've never been part of one that wasn't you know that didn't have at least three or four it's like yeah exactly and it's just yeah so back to your question though sharon where you're asking if that was kind of the end for the group when charlie pretty much let it go yeah, like no, I don't think it was. He was just dumb enough to let it slip. That was honestly what it is. And kudos to him for taking the paddling in the ass without letting one name slip. I guess. Well, <laughs> or according to Len, he probably liked he, it. He was smiling. And see, uh, <laughs> <Larry>. <laughs> I'm sitting here and watching and thinking, okay, so the writers need a way to expose the society. This is going to be the easy way to do it. They don't have to do much explanation around it. Um, and so it was like kind of the easy way out. And so the writing around that kind of fell apart mm. because it's all about, you know, wanting to let girls in the school. I can't imagine even in 
59 at a conservative elite school that all of a sudden the entire school is is brought to bear this is 59 you know it's i mean women's colleges were already integrating at that point men's colleges and it's like so i just yeah, I, w- I went to Again, a school that, that got, that had gotten integrated. Uh, it was only the second year at Bradford College when I went. Mm-hmm. And it was it was no big thing. The minute it happened, there was no big right. thing anymore. You know, it was like, oh, yeah, you got to go up the back stairways. No, but no, you didn't. No, it was kitty yeah. by the door at that point. Honestly, it's also, if if you as a school only find out about this the moment they pu- like one idiot child published <laughs> an idiot article, despite them having snuck out of your campus for an entire school year up, up until that point, dude, you're severely lacking. You deserve that. You deserve all of the punishment and all of the repercussions for being that incompetent. You know, he, he did come back and do this movie, right, with Goodwill Hunting. I mean, Robin Williams did. I was going to yeah. say, I actually thought that was the movie it, it, this was. Yeah, I, thought, I think I, it was I, the warm-up for it. If you look at if you look at like the Woody Allen movies, when you know you go into that classroom in in good in um, Ted Poets, and then you go to the classroom in um, Annie Hall, when these you know they're, they're all t- you know talking about what they're going to be in their coming life, it's like it's the same classroom, it's the same characters. There's the schlubby kid with the glasses and the screwy red hair, and you know I like the master. It's the same as Harry Potter. Yes, it's yes, the same oh, as yeah. think about that. Yeah, it's it's every schoolboy fantasy mm-hmm. novel. Yep. It's yeah. the, the same story. Like, as somebody who does erotic writing and erotic ghostwriting, <laughs> you would not be out of bounds to get an outline very similar to this and you just insert yeah. the sex scene. Yeah. Like, and, I've watched many know, of you them. You have this, yeah, pro forma. <laughs> these are 30,000 words. At 3,000, this happens. At 10,000, yeah. this happens. Which is why I was so surprised it won awards for the writing because it yeah. was like, it's it's not brilliant writing by any means. <laughs> it, but but and then it was the eighties with a bunch of action star movies. You'd be surprised. For the times, you know, in context. No, seriously, you know, the, what was passing for serious movie making was was kind of dreky. And he <laughs> gave that tear the sh- chapter out of the book. God, how many first and second year teachers thought that was inspirational and have tried something similar, like throw the yeah. book out or what? I was going like, to for that, that alone. I kind of reset it. Yeah, that was a pretty. <laughs> I'm going to be the inspirational teacher now. It's become this. such a cliche. Like, there's been so many parodies about that. By the time it was parodied in the office, it was perfect. <laughs> like the no, office is the perfect parody of that. Oh no, there we go. No, no, no. For me, it was community. It was when community. Community is pretty good with it too. But yeah, it was like. So, so it being so, what y'all are saying is that this? Well, from long times of watching other movies and stuff, this is kind of became the the catch all thing to what to use the school the school itself the the school diet the concept the unorthodox method one teacher's way where all the other teachers are basically going by the book this is how many stories you need this is what i need you to do and then he comes out of nowhere it's like hey i'm the i'm the person that no one's expecting and then as what were you gonna say i mean there's been a dozens written before that were mm-hmm. this storyline and there are dozens written after and this is just one iteration of it. This yeah. was a movie. Yeah. 
that has legs because teachers that don't want to teach poetry can slap this bad boy in and they get their lesson for the day. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually, hey, he's right. I, AP, yeah. we did that. Yeah. My teacher in AP Lit did that. You know, I, I taught, and I, you know, I, I th- you. I'd get a hold of a Bukowski video, and I'd get hold of a Charles Olson video, and those are the two plans already done. Boom, because nobody liked them. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have strong reactions, and so it was an engaging thing. And it was your two hours, and you're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. No. No. <laughs> That was my whole. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's a wonderful movie. No, I give it two thumbs up. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so, the time. Uh, so, so with the, just a feckle. <laughs> so with the uh, so with the movie itself, would you, as we gone through, as I said, to, from the Deadpool society being exposed, and then from there. You have Neil Perry, who was done by Robert Sean Leonard. He basically wants to act. He wants to pursue acting. That he actually goes to the point of disobeying, well, he actually um, counterfeits an actual letter, a plagiarized letter to them saying that he can authorize him to go act. And basically almost gets away with it all the way to the end, almost to the end, until he sees his father find, you know, he basically tells his teacher, Tries to see if he can find some way. I think he lied through the whole thing when he was telling him, kidding, that he was, he was going to talk to his father. I think he lied. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, definitely. And, yes. uh, yeah. and finding out his father knew about the, the um, actual act, the actual show, and told him, you can't go, because I just found out from your from the next door neighbor. So I'm saying, hey, your, da- your son's from the deck of my daughter. And still went there and saw the, his son's thing. And at the end of that, he didn't give his son no, you know, didn't give his son no applaud that you were good or anything. He just took him home, told the teacher to get away from him, and took and basically drove him and told him he's going to military now, school. And you're going to be doing 10 years of doctor. Isn't this the, 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 the un, untruest thing of all? Because having gone through this myself, I'll use the Zohan movie, okay? You you, oh, you want to be an actor? You're a figler. That was that was the conversation, <laughs> though. It, honest to God, yeah. you know, if if you if you if you went home and told your parents in the fifties and the sixties uh, that that was the first time. Oh my God, what have we done? You know, and it it, it that's the conversation that could have happened with this movie if they had been real about it. You know, because th- that that's the number one thing that 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 was driving fathers nuts is the idea mm-hmm. that my son is going to love and bring home a boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, so this is so well, I, I, get, I get I get it all the time when I go into classrooms. You, you know, it's you you're a poet. Are you are you gay? I get I get that mm. question all the time. Still, think about that. I think about that. Yeah, and it, that's that's what the father wasn't saying, you know. Yeah. You, you, well, and that's where the fear is. That's where it's driving, and that's why other Whitman pieces would have been so much more appropriate for this because you could have had that conversation. But they were. I mean, it's eighty nine. They're just terrified to bring mm-hmm. up anything and about well, gay. AIDS was running well. rampant, Even so though, you know, just the idea of you know going into the subject matter was going to be just. <laughs> 
Well, and through the 90s, you really couldn't have gay characters in films and get um, a, a rating under um, NC-17 if oh. it was a happy story. They had mm-hmm. to end tragically. And this one did. I mean, they could have gone there because the kid yeah. kills himself yeah. anyway. Um, which is predictable from literally the opening scene with his dad. Like, this is not a surprise by the time yeah. this happened. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you're literally introducing a gun in Act 1, so you got to use it by Act 3, and that's exactly what you pull it, you got to use it, yep. Yeah. Okay. I mean, don't you think he would have, if he actually just would have told his father what he wanted at that one moment, instead of just, just sort of back down and you just sit back and just let his father walk away with his, with his mom? You think you would think that would have made a difference? I mean, just like, just like Kitten says, like, you just need to tell him. You need to stand up and tell him. Instead of basically back down and then just, you know, murmur to himself, I was good. I've seen way too many kids back then come into school the next day with a black eye and a chipped tooth. Yeah. Mm. Well, and it would have gone with the movie. The movie was all about the challenge between authoritarianism and rebellion. And, mm. you know, that's what goes on with the school, between the school and the society. That's what goes on with Neil between him and his dad, like everything is about the authoritarian has to be absolute and cannot be yielding. And, you know, it's, it's very black and white. They didn't allow Mm, any gray area in this film. So they couldn't Mm -hmm. have allowed for that. Okay. So fun fact, the writer, this is actually, he wrote a little bit about his own life in this one. And kidding was actually two teachers. He, uh, he admired. They're two teachers put together and stuff. So, Schultman, this is even though he screenplayed, this was like his third screenplay that he did, and this and that that's how it became the movie wise. Uh, I so, think he's afraid to get into his own emotions about his own life. Then I mean, this is <laughs> real surface and real black and white. He's not ready to go there. I think I think some things got changed out. I mean, you, I mean, look what I said. I mean, Dustin Hoffman was supposed to be one. Of the, they actually they actually would have the Vinci the Nerds director was gonna was gonna go direct this before Peter. Oh, that would have been a completely different film. Yeah, that's what I say. Well, it was supposed to be a musical, so I could see where you know. So they had like three directors already uh, set before they got to Peter Ware. Um, so yeah, so that did ha- that 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 makes a good point. So I'm assuming during the movie, the when the movie was coming out was out in the 1989, they actually had the gun shot. No, because the father woke up. No, they didn't have it. Nope, no, that's always how it was edited. No, I know they edited it now, but I'm saying I'm that's saying that's always before. how it was. Yeah, I don't recall that either in high school too. Yeah, it's just an allusion to it. That was the, that was the connection <sighs> that the father had. That you know, that was that was like the one kind of real thing you know in that whole sequence mm-hmm. was that you know he didn't he, he didn't hear the gunshot. He felt the gunshot. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, and also finding uh, also um what was the character uh, Ethan Hawke's character's name? I forgot his name. X Ray. Finding out. Right. <laughs> finding out that his um his roommate died, and then having his you know his little little spat into the into the snow, he runs through and tries like let him be, let him be. You you think you think there was? I mean, people always call this the bro a bromance. Oh, definitely. They always saw this definitely. The bromance. 
it, again, it wasn't it wasn't real. They they would have had a physical relationship if that this was a real portrayal, or at least right. he, it would have you would have seen that he had more of a thing for him, you mm. know, more a, a pining. I mean, I mean, he did. He, it did point out the fact of him um, enjoying his company more and more often, even as even rooting for him, even rooting and cautioning him about his pursuit to acting, even though. He saw that you know, your father's going to be mad, and how you going to how you going to basically how you going to do all this before, and before he even gets the part, you know, yeah. even all that. He he's more cautionary, and even at the end when he basically was screaming for his friend's death and stuff, it came down to the point of as Cameron told the school, "Hey, kidding, put him up to it." And got got Neil killed, and to that point, even Charlie punched you know punched him in the face and stuff. They all they all conformed, fell in line. They they had their parent right there, and they all signed the paper to get him fired. Do you think one of them should have just went against it? Or, or I know, I know the end. They did, but at that present moment, they were just all falling in line as they did with that little exercise that he showed. Do you think all of them, one of them, could have? Who do you think would have been the most one to break off and beyond, beyond Charlie to not to not do that? Um, not sign the paperwork. I mean, it was obviously Charlie. Like, I think that was the only one who did it. If you think about it, because they very clearly said he got expelled. So I mean. Who else would have been? What else could he have done that mm. would have warranted that? If you think about it, I mean, I, mean, I think like on TV said it very perfectly. I mean, I think this is a very good example of what it would look like in an authoritarian manner of what it would look like when rebellion meets an authoritative figure. They essentially bullied the kids into signing the paperwork anyway, so they knew the kids. When smart, either smart enough, confident enough in themselves to speak up for themselves to allow anything to happen. So, and what do you think about the end? About them standing onto the desk and having this defiant moment so where they tell I'm the headmaster, thinking, "Like, no, we're like we, that's my cat, that's my teacher right, right there." They fall in line, like, they suck ass all the way through to get what they want. Kind of and at the very end, when there is no oh, risk to I remember being very struck say, by okay, that well, maybe he did as a teenager. Like, now that like, there's something very died, warm right? about that but it's, for me as a teenager. Like, oh, that's, that's awesome. I want to see that. And I want to be able to do that. There's no danger to themselves. Look at that now. It's like, okay, yes, that was a moment. That's cool. It's cliche as hell. But then at the same time, it just really looks like you guys are standing up to be for the firing squad it literally looks like that never seen it never, never seen it happen. i'm sorry go, go ahead eddie we're going <laughs> yeah, I just what? don't believe that anybody 
in that situation, um, you know, talking early sixties, they're all looking forward to a, a, a future. Uh, and no, they're not getting up on the table even afterwards. It's bullshit. Um, it didn't happen. That never would happen. Even in the most fervent uprisings, they don't happen. All, all of a sudden, everybody gets up and says, I'm Spartacus. That's just, that's just Dalton Trumbo. <laughs> that's the only place where that really happens is, is in Trumbo's mm-hmm. mind. Because it doesn't. You know, you, even, even in recent, our recent history, you know, it did, doesn't happen all at once. Everybody says, yeah, this sucks. This can't, you know, we got to do something about this. Because everybody's always watching their ass. Because everybody's had their ass kicked at one time or another, and they don't want to get their ass kicked no more. Right. And I, <laughs> I can when see I that. was teaching in university, so, we had this is my final question. So, with you know, and never finding out that was what made me laugh a little bit. We had to cover the whole. That since I got two teachers here, so incorporated into exams. Did you ever papers. think about? So when you were pointing out like I mean, written, ripping the introduction or even doing the introduction. Now, how did you really have to do it the way there was some leeway? Like it I was brought up as, you know, not the whole poetry uh, had a know, little chart, had a little but graph, but and it had perfect, you know, poetry and interest. And the way there yeah. was it, did you all have to really follow that kind of thing to a T? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, and that's the part I, I hated about teaching uh, at the university <laughs> level. Editors, uh, that, notes you know, there's somebody that's going to tell you, you know, what you have to sure. teach, I, and I, you I know the way that you have to teach it. Um, that that feels very real. Um, that it's laid out like that. Um, I'd never seen that particular kind of rubric used before, but I can see that happening, um, especially in a, in a in a you know tight ass boys' school. Yeah, I can see that happening very easily, <laughs> and, and it's hideous. And it's you know, and, and and I'm the last person to tear a page out of a book. I just I can't do it. I'd I'd set it on fire and throw it at somebody. But as far as tearing pages up, no, Ron, I can't you're do shortened. that. Yeah, yeah. Just take the come, black come back line in. Through yeah, it. we missed you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole um, collection of books from I, I was able to um, gather up some books from a Beckett scholar after she passed and all of her working books were annotated so densely that it was like another page on the page and if you just turned it sideways everything came right oh, <laughs> oh man <laughs> some of my most treasured books well that that's, oh, that's well. Well, actually, you know, actually, one Your thing I want to say, fun fact. Sharon. <laughs> I'm shorting. Am I here? Yeah, you were, oh, you were caught oh. mid-smile. It looked like you were having like a really good time. <laughs> oh no, uh, this is the way I live life. Um, I was gonna say so. Yep. I was just, but, but, ah, 
They actually, you know, there was actually going to be an alternative ending ending to this movie. They were actually going to make Kidding have cancer. I'd be better for a non-poet. He wasn't supposed to just be fired. He was supposed to have cancer. He was supposed to find out he had cancer. I did. That was the actual Uh, other ending they were going to do. I liked it when he got shot. Critical about it in a way that uh, I think people who don't know the poetry could probably enjoy it. (laughs) That's the way it should. That's what happened to him here too. (laughs) Touche, touche. Well. There's one, so all the overall questions. I got two questions I always want to ask my um, reviewers. Do you think mm-hmm. Dead Poet Society would be good mm-hmm. for a poet, a non poet, or both? Auntie Vice. Mm-hmm. Oh. Lynn? Yeah, I have to agree with um, with Rebecca that um, the poetry's fine. Obviously, it's fine. You know, it's Keats and I'm not Keats, but it's Byron and Shelley, and it's 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 Bill. You know, and, and while, yeah, how can you find fault with it? But as a poet, you know, it's just like this is like 101 stuff. You know, this is this isn't uh. this isn't what these students would be getting they wouldn't be getting 101 stuff they you know if, if you're going to go in and try to really set some minds on fire um, i don't think that's I what think you'd use well, for some people it really did open up i mean i know i have my own thoughts Mark? and feelings on the whole thing but yeah i gotta agree with but on TV for and all of its Leonard, flaws and they are definitely through average viewer i mean i would definitely recommend it to just a run-of-the-mill viewer Right. And it'd be a good way uh, for this to be a gateway so, into sure, literature and poetry okay, and well, all that thing. Kind of interesting. Maybe those things for them. Well, this would be a great uh, way to get them introduced you know, to or whatever. And and go from there. I wouldn't but, recommend it for anyone else. I mean, would you call yeah, I, this? I don't know what the for the gateway say? into poetry. Like, like it's the how, best. What's that movie for BDSM? Well, but it's the fastest growing literature category in sales. And you're seeing, like, there are multiple uh, know, mainstream sources that now feature poetry <laughs> on a regular basis. PBS NewsHour has a whole thing on it, New York Times. Like, I, I don't think, between that and then all the spoken oh, word yeah. stuff going on that's reaching people who are not academic poets, I, I don't think there's any lack of <sighs> opening for people to explore poetry if they want to. I mean, hell, Ruby Kapoor made her entire first book off of Instagram post, and people fell in love. And I mean, that they, was they a need a goad. Almost, a they year. don't need permission. They need a goad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brandon. Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. Your teammate. Yes. Okay. She's making her third book too now, apparently. Or it's out already, I think. 
It okay. keeps on coming up in conversations that I've had in the, over the last year or two. This is the age of free verse, so it's appropriate to have Whitman um, front and center. He sort of he sort of kicked yeah. the, the ball, you know, into onto the playing field, and it is a time for for free verse, and it's what's exciting right now. It's what you know. It's what got one young man paid a million dollars. Well, yeah, Brandon. You oh, know yeah. it. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. That that yes. guy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if we're, if we're like <laughs> now, like, what are you talking about? Like, oh yeah. You know, man, it's and it's. <laughs> yeah. in, in this yes. the commentary. Oh, this isn't this isn't Shelley. This isn't Byron. This is Whitman, and Whitman's always been like, hey, yeah, no, the brothers are a little bit on the funky side for a lot of different reasons but now it's in the forefront and it's what everybody's looking for and you know they they say that people really only go looking for poetry when somebody dies or somebody's born or somebody gets married right the most 99 percent of the people in the world that's the only time that they ever have a thought about poetry but now there's a little bit more because people have to get up and say something because things are so fucking horrible if they don't get up <laughs> yeah. and say something, they'll absolutely go mad. And that's why this is a really, this is a perfect time for this type of idea, you know, to get out and, you know, to, to let free, let the free verse come forth from everybody and, you know, just seize the day for that. Because that's, it's not about the poetry, right? It's, it's about what you're talking about and what you're communicating. And that, that's what I think I take away from having seen this movie the second time a third time or whatever yeah. it is it just it just keeps on it keeps on coming back to it this is this is a time right now when this is as important as it's ever going to be in my lifetime i think you know the beats experienced it very briefly in the 50s and i think there's a time right now that's that's coming and it's for this again it's for a free verse <coughs> Up oh, right now, people are starting to do our little snap judgment. We got our segment called Snap Judgment, where we basically give our reviews and judgment of this movie. Three snaps this movie gets the Academy Award, which I already did. It's the greatest movie in the world. Lost, Two lost snaps. Again. It ain't that bad, but it's not that good. One snap, it needs to go to that place they call it trash and stay there for the time being. In increments of half snaps, you can give I would like to hear from my real poet reviewers. I, I look at this movie as sort of maybe a one and a half. And I say, I used the half mm. because I used another movie, nine and a half weeks uh, as freshman okay. introduction. I remember that. Let's have a conversation. What, you know, what will you do? What will you not do for love? And for this, it's like, mm. you know, is this real? Is this, you know, just a way to have a conversation. It would be very pointed on my part, you know, and I, 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 I've already said I don't really think that there's a lot of reality to it, and I would want to see if people would, you know, have that opinion or what their opinion would be when they wade into some of the more pungent of the uh, the scenarios that he he brings up. You know, is that real or not? You know, nice. so one and a half, I think. What do you think, Auntie Vice? I'm there with Len, with one and a half. Like, it really could have been a lot more had the writer wanted to actually deal with real emotions and introduce some nuance to all of this. Um, as it was, it was pretty pretty black and white, played on some pretty standard tropes. I did not find it particularly interesting, and I think the actors 
pulled more out of it than than the writing gave it. Um, and I'll I'll give them credit for that. This was one where the actors were really much better than the script that they were given. Um, but yeah, still about a one and a half. I give it a two and a half. Like I, I know because my first time seeing it, I know some of y'all have seen it too many times, so it's kind of like. But for open eyes, I was up and I was aware, and I was like, I love these acting actors. The poetry. <laughs> It was yeah, as much it was. It was kind of elementary poetry. I was like, okay, I know that one. I know that one. Okay, cool. And I even knew about the whole the the um, Shakespeare stuff. But yeah, the, the acting, I gave it a two point five. They, they were they were a bunch I of did. pretty boys. They were they really oh, were. yeah yeah. They I are. like this movie. I think that's probably the reason too. Yeah. I liked it so yeah. much as a teenage girl. <laughs> but uh, did, when you but, but when you watched it, you were like these boys sign into girls or did you think oh, well maybe they are into girls well uh well beyond perry it didn't, as a teenager okay. it didn't it didn't it didn't register with me that way i yeah i didn't really start thinking about films and stuff like that until maybe okay. 17 right. or 18 and this was a little i'm old I, I don't look at it in that same context it's like i was already old yeah, now, now I'm like, mm, there's, yeah. there's a lot that could be going Ethan on Hawk here. Is so dreamy. <laughs> I said it was a two. I mean, I there it held a soft spot for me when I was a teenager, but it didn't particularly age well as I got older. A lot of things were just a little bit cliched, but there's still parts of it that do still ring true. I still felt something for this movie, and there's like what, but it. It just doesn't hold that same regard for me. Although it ages better than the John Hughes film from the same era. Yeah, it does. Are you... Wait a minute. Are you casting shade on Breakfast Club? She's casting on the whole group. John Hughes does not hold up. Like the amount of racism and racist jokes in there. Okay, okay, you got me. Oh, man. That is true. That is true, though. <laughs> I haven't oh, thought true. about that. Well, you're right. <laughs> well, this, everybody, you already heard today, we got a 2.5, a two, we got a, and we got two 1.5s. So we got three, five. Sound like, you're sounding like Firecon now, man. <laughs> it's like you're spitting numbers. <laughs> 7.5 out of 12. We started out with problems with math, with math and we end up with that, math right? problems. 7.5. <laughs> Out of twelve, Sharon, no math, no math today. No, no, I ha- I got it. I had it. Seven point five. <laughs> Here's my accountant. Count- I, didn't count, I didn't count my finger. I had it in my head. Seven point five point seven point five out of twelve people. Not a bad movie, but still, I say go watch it if you basically have a friend that you want to basically bring the poetry. This is always the movie that people always jump on in when you say, "Hey, you ever see poetry on film?" This is one of the ones they always say first. So I say to you, go check it out. If you haven't checked it out, it's riveting. And to some point, if you have checked it out, go tell your friend who hasn't checked it out. If you want to get real, though, about the beats, there's a, po- there's a movie called The Source. It's a documentary. And it's, um, it's about Burroughs and, 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 and Kerouac and Ginsburg when they first meet at Columbia and then forward. And yeah, it's it's a great it's oh, yeah, I, I own yeah. that documentary. It's a great documentary. Um 
one of my favorite parts about it, um, Leroy Jones is in it. Of course, he's a Mary Baraka, right? Oh, okay. But he was oh, nice. a noted beat. And he was like, I wasn't a beat. I was just hanging around with them because they were divesting. And I wondered what they were throwing away. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, I love Leroy. I, I, I love I, He was a great man. Definitely. All right, everyone. Check us out on our social medias. First person to give social media. Auntie Vice, tell them where they can find you. You can find me at Auntie Vice on almost all social media and AuntieVice.com, and you can get tickets to my upcoming 30 Days of Kinky Self-Discovery if you go to my site or to WickedGrounds.com. <laughs> Ooh, sounds kinky. <laughs> you can find me on IG at StarvinMarvin09. Lynn, tell them where they can find I'm you. I'm at LynnGermanIra.com. Um, .com, yep. Uh, yep. Dot com. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> That's that's where I am. I, I, I like what um, I like what you put in the chat too, um, Auntie Vice. Quick search knows do DPS porn. Few oh, references in yes. hentai. <laughs> <laughs> I did Google it, and my computer does not have the safe search on, so go. I can say it's a true. Thank you very much. You can find. They do have an analysis of Dead Poet Society on porn. I think they they, they used the title, didn't they? No, no, it's actually porn stars oh. talking about Dead Poet Society. That sounds Ooh. like a David Tell show. Y'all look that up now, people. <laughs> look up our, well, if, I'm gonna go do some. Have you ever seen that this. David Tell wow. show that he did where they review the porn yeah. shows and then talk about Oh, shows? I love yeah. that show. Yeah, I could see I with could see them videos. doing Dead Poet Society on that too. <laughs> wow. Wrapping up, you can find this show, Real Poetry, under I Am Big Poetry Podcast. Go check us out on I Am Big Zine. That is I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. I'd like to thank our guest, Lynn Germanar, for being here with us to do this movie. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, and I'd like to thank y'all for hearing us talk about Deadpool Society. Check us out later. What's our next movie going to do next time, people? None? None? Okay, cool. You know what? what? You know, it's coming Christmas. It's going to be hard to get one. Oh, don't say say Die Hard. Die Hard. That's not poetry. You can cut yay motherfuckers in that movie. That's one of my favorite lines. Yeah. I mean, we might as well do Nightmare Before Christmas again. I mean, it's a Halloween and a Christmas movie. Yeah, but we can't do it again if that's the case. I'm okay love. with it. Just repost it. Repost it. <laughs> but we'll have something I look new. Forward to it. We'll have something new just for y'all. All right, so check us out. Good night. Take care. Peace. Peace. <laughs>